you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Coming up on Total Access, The Locker Room. The first thing I usually tell them is, hey, I started at the bottom, but I'm here right now. Uh, got that Drake line, huh? I see you, coach. <laughs> How you learn that, man? What you know about Drake? I never would have thought you would have said drop the Drake know, that's line. What, that's what they said, too. What's that? Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to NFL Total Access, the locker room. I'm Michael Robinson, along Super Bowl winning head coach Brian Billick. Coach, what's going down? Doing good, man. Let's go. Let's go, man. We're going to let you guys in on what players and coaches really talk about inside the locker room. Today, we're talking to a man who's seen it all in the National Football League, Coach Wade Phillips. And you guys are going to hear some really cool stories from, from a legend, a defensive coordinator. And he's also the son of bum, the son of a legendary head coach and all that tradition down there in Texas. What a what a what a guess. Yeah, and and to go from from a Texas schoolboy, uh, which and we know that that means in terms of football, to yeah. end up being the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys, some great stories. And Coach Billick, look, we we have a treat today. This is one of truly one of the the faces on the Mount Rushmore of defensive coaches of all of coaching. Okay, the son of bum, NFL coaching legend Wade Phillips, and. <laughs> Hey, hey, Coach, I'm going to continue to call you Coach. I'm not going to call you Wade on the podcast, but welcome to the podcast. You you know, Coach, we start every episode with a locker room story. Uh, do you have some type of locker room story of, of maybe you and your pops or, you know, just being in the locker room, uh, being a young man? Sure. Yeah, but call me Coach Wade. I mean, <laughs> you're right. Uh, yeah. I, I That's really what our kids call I make all the players call because – when they just say coach, that's everybody, you know. Okay. And so I, I like the respect, but I also want to make it personal. So I've always made my players call me Coach Wade. If you ever see them, they'll uh, uh, because when I walk by a guy in the hall and uh, he says, "Hey, coach," I say, "Hey, player." Yeah. <laughs> okay. And therefore, I, got I, get, you. I get, "Hey, Coach Wade," and then I get, "Well, hey, JJ or whoever." So, <laughs> 
Uh, Coach Wade, I got yeah. you. Yeah, so so hang with that, if you will, because I, yes, I appreciate sir. that. And uh, locker room, yeah, I started, <laughs> you know, my dad was a coach and coached in high school. So I would go down to the to the field house and uh, uh, to see my dad. You know, in those days, uh, coaches worked all the time. They do still do. But yeah. uh, to see my dad, I, you know, I'd go down and, and, uh, and to the locker room and to, to the coach's office and, and just watch them draw on chalkboards, you know, Coach Billick knows the chalk, what a chalkboard oh, is instead of a whiteboard. And uh, uh, one time I was in there, and uh, one of the coaches from another school uh, was in there, and he had a brand new what shark skin suit, you know. Okay. And back in the old days, this was a real neat deal. And they were they were talking on the chalkboard, you know, and they were going back and forth. And then they got chalkboard got filled up, so they went to the floor because the floor was just concrete, <laughs> you know, and it was smooth concrete. So they're drawing, they're, they're drawing on the chalk. They're drawing the chalk on the, on the ground, you know, right there and this play and that play. And the big, big, he was a big guy, the big coach from the other team. He had that shark skin suit on. He laid on his back and erased stuff. <laughs> <laughs> put it to good use. Chalk all over him and then started drawing some more. So I know, I know, I know Billick appreciate that. That's coaching. Oh boy, that's just coaching. It's <laughs> lost in the moment. That's right. He erased it. So, yes. so uh, of course you're the son of bum. Of of course, right? You made it your Twitter handle. What what, what was it like growing up, man? Like a, a coaching legend. I mean, obviously, what, was there any pressure there? Was it, you know, was it something that you, you just felt like you had to do going to the coaching uh, business or the coaching um, realm? Or was it something like you always just aspired to be like, be like your dad? Well, I was around football and, and, you know, in Texas, uh, maybe in a lot of places, but in Texas, the high school coaches, I mean, the reverend, the doctor and the high school coach are, are the yeah. biggest guys in town. I mean, they they were the heroes of everybody, and especially my dad was winning every game. So, you know, it was just fun to be around. And I, I was a water boy, you know. I go to the games and be on the sideline, and you know, in, in those days they they didn't want to give them water, so they put they put a towel in the in the water bucket and suck the water out of the towel. Yo, I used to have coaches tell me about yeah. that. That was oh, for yeah. real? Yeah, because they, in those days, you weren't supposed to give anybody water. Well, you know, yeah. you're going to dehydrate. So uh, they had to find some way to get some, so they did. But uh, but I did that. And so I was around. I knew what a coach did, you know. When I got through, when I got to my junior year in college, uh, I was playing football, and I played linebacker. And I was, you know, 220 pounds, and not very fast. And I went to training camp. My dad was with the San Diego Chargers then. I went to training camp and I was watching the players and I saw the linebackers and they were all big and fast and could run. And then I looked, I looked at myself and I thought, what am I going to do after I get to playing here next year? I mean, cause I'm not going to be playing pro football. These guys are too good, too good. And then, you know, something I knew something about and, yeah. uh, you know, my coaches always said I never made a mistake. Well, I, I didn't make any mental mistakes, but I, I made a lot of physical mistakes. I couldn't <laughs> make the, some of the plays. Uh, but I did, I did until about three years ago, held the NFL, uh, the uh, University of Houston record for most assisted tackles. 
So really, I was really good at jumping on the pile. Yeah, <laughs> I was about to... smart, smart enough to do that. Huh? That's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm interested, Wade, when uh, because obviously you you grow up not only you know and going into the field house and your dad, but every night at dinner, you know, you're talking oh, yeah. ball with your dad since probably you can even remember when you started to get to that point. And I always think it's it's great that it's a testimony to what kind of fathers coaches can be because, you know, it's demanding you're gone a lot, but yet so many of them want to follow the fame. Did bum ever try to say, Hey man, you ought to, you know, cause this is a volatile profession. Eh, maybe you ought to do something else. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's, you ought to do something else. That's exactly what he told me. He said, really? if there's anything you want to do besides coaching football, then you ought to do it. He said, if it's the only thing, if you love it and it's the only thing you want to do, then you should be a coach. And actually, I told my son the same thing. Right. He went, he went down the wrong path, too, and he's coaching in the NFL. <laughs> really? I mean, I, I would think that, I mean, obviously, you guys, you guys, I've never coached in the National Football League or coached, uh, you know, anyway, but you guys know it. But really, I would think that the success that, 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 you, that your, your dad has, has had, he would have wanted you to kind of get in that brotherhood as well. You know, but he you know knows he also knows how much hard work, yeah. how much sacrifice from the family and how that's volatile, true. you know, that's that's the thing that I think most coaches uh, have have mentored the kids or other coaches to go in, just like Bum said, you know, if you got to have it, if you love it, do it. But I, I remember a coach, John McVay. Uh, was a real mentor of mine when I was in San Francisco and then going to yeah. transition to coaching. And he said, coach, you know, it's a great profession, but if you can do without it, do so. That's do right. something else because this is a tough, hard profession. Yeah. But I think just like with my son, I, my dad was proud that I went into it, you know. Yeah. yeah. And I think that was uh, that was a big part. You know, we're the third generation NFL coaching family, too. Wow, that's amazing. Us wow. and the Shulas are the only two that I know of. So that's that pretty is neat. huge, Coach. That, 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 that's huge. Coach Wade, you talk about Texas football, right? Talk about what you learned from Texas football, man. I mean, I've never, you know, encountered Texas football. I'm on the East Coast. I'm in Virginia. We got some good football, man. But as you talked about, you know, Texas football, it, it, what you say is the reverend, you know what I mean? It's probably yeah. the police sheriff. And it's the head football coach as the most known guys or known people in the town. Just talk, to, talk about growing up there yeah. in, the, in the legend. Well, when I was in high school, I mean, we had 12,000 a game. Now, I filled up the stadium. Are you yeah. kidding me? 12,000 a game, every game. You know, and when you went on the road, you know, they had to – everybody said, hey, last one out of town, turn out the lights because, you know, it's a road game. Right, everybody's <laughs> – it, uh, it's, it's different. We had, we had look, three, 300 people at, at uh, spring training practice. We'd have because they were shift workers, and so they uh, guys would come out and watch us practice. You know, if they were off um, you know, when we were practicing. So, I mean, they just love football. Texas is so much different football-wise. Um, you know, and if everybody played, you know, that we had um, all of them were on the team. Not everybody played, but we had everybody was out for football. We had a whole lot of people out for football. You know, so that was. You know, when when you grew up, obviously, in Texas, and it's so steeped in tradition, like you said, everybody, it's just, it's invasive in absolutely everything. You get into coaching, and like all coaches, you kind of go from here to there and wins and losses and all the things, and, and you become a head coach in Denver and Buffalo, but then Jerry Jones calls. 
and, and the chance to come back to it. Here's a Texas schoolboy getting a chance to be the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. That had that had to be something special. Yeah, it really was. One more high school story, though, is we had season tickets. We had to have season tickets to live. Oh, wait. So, yes. Wow, high school. Wow. High and school they, season they, tickets? Get the hell out yeah, of here. Really? For, for a certain section, the section on the 50-yard line, you know, it wasn't the whole stadium. I mean, yeah. but you, you had to get season tickets. And my, my father-in-law, they had season tickets forever. My wife was from the same high school, so uh, they had season tickets forever. When my father-in-law passed away, the first call my mother-in-law got was, "Hey, we're sorry to hear about what happened, <laughs> but are you going to give up your? Are you going to hold on to? Are you going to hold we on? We regret to- your loss, but <laughs> well, yeah. So I mean, that's that's how that's how, that's how they're just football mania. But yeah, being being from Texas, although you know, growing up, we didn't we didn't see all the. Uh, in fact, Texas didn't have a team so growing when I was growing up. So uh, I was a big Chicago Bears fan. Really? But coming back, yeah. But coming back to to, uh, to Texas uh, was really great for me. You know, I have five sisters. They all live in Texas. So wow. you know, and uh, when I was with the Oilers, they all hated uh, the Cowboys. And so <laughs> when I got the Cowboy job, they all hated the Oilers. <laughs> hated the other team. So you know, Coach Billick knows too. You know. It cost me a lot of money because <laughs> they, oh, t- oh. they all think yeah. it's free, you know. So, right. They don't know you got to pay for those tickets. Yeah. So <laughs> Yeah. And I coming back to Houston when we played Houston, uh, I, had, I had to buy 50 tickets every time I came back to Houston. So, uh, yeah, but we had, we had a whole, whole bunch of people coming to the game. So that was neat. That, that's, that's dope, Coach. Um, time in Dallas, right? How's Dallas different from any other organization? I mean, you got Mike McCarthy there now. I mean, I know they had a season, you know, Dak Prescott got hurt. They had some struggles. But, like, what advice would you have for somebody, a head coach or Mike McCarthy, going in there, working with Jerry Jones, um, the owner and general manager? Just what advice would you have for him? Because from the outside looking in, I've never been a Dallas Cowboy player. It looks like a different place. Jerry's a – uh, the general manager, so that's different than everybody. I mean, the, yeah. the owner being a general manager, so that that makes it a lot different. Uh, like I said, it was fun. It was fun going back there. The, Jerry's a big family guy. I mean, his, his whole family's in the organization in some way. Charlotte does the things. Uh, Jerry Jr., uh, Stephen, they're all in uh, part of the team, and and they make you part of their family. So that was a neat part of it. But yeah, it's it's different in that. I, you know, I don't know that it's tougher than any other city as far as uh, the media is concerned, but I do think they have a lot of fans. You, you don't answer to the fans, but you hear from the fans a lot, right. so uh, that kind of thing. But uh, it was fun being there. I enjoyed being there. Well, when you, Wade, you have transcended so many decades of this, and and like I said, growing up a schoolboy in in Texas, and your most recent stint when you're in L.A. Uh, the, and I've been out of it coaching directly with the players now for 10, 12 years. And that's just, just in that period of time, the nature of the players. And you, you talked about how you wanted your players. You called me coach Wade, you know, and you yeah. wanted to personalize it and you wanted that interaction, but the play talk a little bit about it's different. The communicating with today's athlete, today's young man is different than you. And when you and I were doing it, even 10 years ago, certainly 20, 30 years ago. Oh yeah. It, of course, society obviously has changed, you know, uh, the first thing I usually tell them is, hey, 
I started at the bottom, but I'm here right now. Uh, that, that Drake line, huh? I see you, coach. <laughs> How you no. learn that, man? What you know about Drake? I never would have thought you would have said drop the Drake no, that's line. What, that's what they said, too. What's that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they laugh, and, and it, it breaks the ice a little bit. And, you know, they say, hey, you know, maybe it's not – Maybe not worn out yet. (laughs) (laughs) So is it something that you actively, you study? Like, do you, you know, come home and- No, I mean, once you're you're around young people, I mean, you know, that you're still influenced. You hear the music every day. And we know nowadays you hear the music every day in practice. Right. You hear what they like. You know, they're not playing country music out there. So, (laughs) (laughs) you know, they're playing rap music. And and so, you and and, uh, some of it I like. And so, uh, you know- so that's fun. You know, it's fun being around it and it makes you younger. It does. It, you know, you kind of keep up with a little thing and some of the things, like I say, some of the stuff you like, now some of it I didn't, but that's okay. They don't know you my, my music. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you should have done that. You're the head coach. You should have put a little, uh, 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 you know, country music on and practice. Of course they probably just walk out. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, we're not going to practice. That, that is the difference because when my dad was coaching, we did, we had country and Western singers come in and entertain the team. Of course, it was a different time then. And in and, and Houston at that time, it was a big country sure. and Western. Everybody wore a hat and boots and, and, and the players too. So, that you know, it was a little different time. But like you say, it's, times change. Uh, I think people are people inside I'm talking about. Like you said, I mean, uh, it's not how you treat players. It's how you work with them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not how you treat them. It's they're not working for you. You're working with them. And right. as long as they know that, I think I think that makes the generation gap help uh, be a little bit closer. Now, you've got so again, such a wealth of knowledge and so many different experiences. And, and, and like this, I understand you're, you're thinking about getting into doing some podcasts. I think that would be great. I think, oh my I think your I history needs to be chronicled. Those <laughs> stories that I've heard so many times, and we go back to mutual friend John Lovra and the stories oh, yeah. John would tell me. Oh, I mean, those, those need to be chronicled. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, I, my daughter wants me to do this and, and my son, too. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think we'll get into it. Yeah, I got a, <laughs> I got a lot of stories. I, I don't know. I, I don't know how people. I don't know how much they enjoy them, but we'll we'll try it. Oh no, they're great. They got it. They, you you got to put them down. I used to say, oh, you got to write them down. You got to write a book because you owe it to posterity. But a podcast is the way to go, and and the flavor of it and all. Yeah, it's. Uh, I hope you do it. I hope you follow yeah, through because it, it'd be great. I, I hope you do it too, man. Like, did, did did have you thought about it more than just the idea stage right now? Is or is it just? Yeah, we're just, just, just starting the process right now. Like I say, my daughter, she's uh, in L.A. and. Uh, she's a dancer choreographer, but she's familiar with a lot of this stuff. And so, uh, we're just kind of putting it all together. I think we're going to, I'm sure we're going to do it. I'd like to get my son Wes in it too, just to, because it is different than having a father and son who both sure. coach in the NFL. He's a pretty good talker. So <laughs> I'll let him be the co-host. I think and let him um, set me up for stuff. He said he's a pretty good talker coach. Well, yeah. Thank you for coming by, man. Like this, this was absolutely, this was absolutely an honor to be able to speak to you and talk to you. You got to come back by the podcast some other time, man. Um, and, and tell whoever's calling you, tell them you're busy, man. Tell them, you know, yeah. you're on the podcast. <laughs> you're working, man. You're working yeah. right now, coach. Yeah. I, I don't know what it was, uh, <laughs> except, yeah, except, uh, 
I have had a lot of calls uh, about Marty shot yeah. and yeah. you know, just the uh, condolences certainly to his family and Brian I've known and coached with. And so, uh, you know, and Pat, they're, they're a great family. He was a great family man Absolutely. and a great person. So uh, great passion for the game. That's the thing that reminds yeah. me about That's Marty is he had such, you know, people would see it with his sayings and whatever. He had such conviction about what was right and wrong, both on and off the field, what worked, what it was to be a team. And he just was so strong in his belief in that the players responded to it. So he oh, yeah. sort of missed Marty yeah, absolutely. That's absolutely. Right. He was going to run that power O, that's for sure. Regardless. <laughs> LT loved that power O, man. Well, sure well, did. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, you know, we, we know that the, the football world lost a giant. You bet. Um, sure did. So um, thank you guys for your perspective. And that'll do it for this week's episode of Total Access, the locker room. For more insight with the locker room point of view, check out the latest episodes every Wednesday and Friday on Apple and Spotify. You go into your shower feeling tired but as soon as you reach for the irish spring your day immediately gets better that crisp fresh unmistakable irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses so when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it irish spring body wash and bar soap fresh green irish shop now at a store near you You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. Com slash compatibility.